Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom of God. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you to search the Scriptures with us again as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom. We're glad you joined us for another session of Scriptural Searching and Bible Study. We want you to share our joy at finding the great plan and design that God is working out and which He's revealed to us in the pages of the Scriptures from the beginning of the Old Testament, really what we ought to call the Hebrew Bible, right to the end of the New Testament in the book of Revelation. I wonder if you realize that the Hebrew Bible, that 77% of our Bibles as we have it today, was the Bible of Jesus himself. We have in our Old Testament exactly the same books as he had as he grew up, nurtured in the faith of Judaism. Have we fully grasped the fact that the stories of the Old Testament were the stories Jesus read as a child? The songs in the Old Testament were the songs that he sang as a child? That the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament, shaped the whole thinking of Jesus himself. It created a whole world view for him. And most important of all, he found himself in the pages of the Hebrew Bible. The Hebrew Bible is where Jesus found insights into the mind of God his Father. And he found his own identity described, for example, in Daniel 7, where we have a marvelous story of the coming of the Son of Man to establish the kingdom of God. The deeper you go into understanding the Old Testament, the closer, surely, you must come to the heart of Jesus. Wouldn't that be a good enough reason for us to know the Hebrew Bible well? If we say we love Jesus, wouldn't we be involved in the things that drove him, that interested him, the things for which he had a passion? It seems to me that the great tragedy of the modern church is its neglect of the Hebrew Bible. Oh, we may know a few stories here and there, David and, and Goliath, the story of the Exodus and so on, but have we grasped the extraordinary plan, the extraordinary story that God is working out from one end of the Bible to the other? You see, in the study of any subject, it's important to get the big picture to have an overall idea of where we're going before we fit the details into that picture. Now, the axis around which the whole Bible revolves is certainly the idea of the kingdom of God. This can be established by the reading of many theological books or at a simpler level by simply taking up a Bible and seeing what it was that Jesus focused upon. And there really can be no argument that Jesus focused upon what he called the kingdom of God. Failure then to understand the meaning of the kingdom of God is really no less than a failure to understand Jesus himself. And to understand what Jesus meant by the kingdom, as we've been saying in previous programs, we have to go back to the Hebrew Bible as the source of the proper information to inform us about that key term, kingdom of God. We were looking last time at Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, and we saw there an extraordinary promise a vision of a time in the future when Jerusalem is going to be rescued and peace is going to come to the earth. Isaiah 52, verse 7. Let me read it this time from a modern translation. Isaiah 52, 7 reads like this. What a beautiful sight! On the mountains, a messenger announces to Jerusalem, Good news! You're saved. There will be peace. Your God is now king. Everyone on guard duty, sing and celebrate. Look, you can see the Lord returning to Zion. 
Jerusalem, rise from the ruins, join in the singing. The Lord has given comfort to his people. He comes to your rescue. The Lord has shown all nations his mighty strength. Now everyone will see the saving power of our God. Did you notice how many of the key words there are words that we find too in the New Testament? Salvation, good news, the return of God to Jerusalem. The return of God, of course, comes to us in the New Testament doctrine of the second coming of Christ. Christ, in fact, is the one who returns as the representative of the one God of Israel. And we have the idea of comfort coming to Jerusalem. But the important thing to note here is that salvation and good news or gospel are inextricably bound up with something geographical and political and local and related to this planet. There's nothing here at all or anywhere else in the Hebrew prophets about salvation in some distant place removed from the world. The whole idea of going to heaven as a reward needs to be re-examined. It does not keep us in touch with the Bible if we introduce ideas that are foreign to it. In order then to sympathize with Jesus, to love what he loved, to believe what he believed, we must keep our feet firmly on the ground and relate our salvation ideas to the ideas presented by the Hebrew prophets, namely that peace is going to come to this earth. God has not finished with the earth. God is still going to establish peace and he's going to do it from a headquarters government in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, as many of the prophets foresee, is going to be the metropolis of a great new world worship center, a place to which the nations will go up in their droves to learn the new ways of God, ways that they've never known before. And the result of this worldwide turning to God will be total disarmament, the abolition of poverty, the abolition of oppression, the abolition of child abuse, of divorce. There will be no more murders, no more adulteries in that world envisioned by all the prophets of Israel and taken up as the central theme in the gospel as announced by Jesus. It is so important that we not lose track of the fact that Jesus was a Jew and his ideas, his theology and his teaching are rooted in the pages of the Hebrew Bible, what we mistakenly really call the Old Testament. The Hebrew Bible, as you may know, is no less than 77% of our total Bible. Now, it makes no sense at all that we should neglect three quarters of God's revelation. Imagine, for example, that the Bible consisted of 20 chapters. It would make no sense at all that we should begin to read in the 15th chapter, omitting the first three quarters of the book. What kind of sense would we make of any narrative if we began three quarters of the way through the book? And yet many Christians are failing to understand the background out of which the New Testament arises. We are unfortunately much more influenced by what happened after the New Testament time. Few seem to realize that the faith fell into the hand of the Gentiles after the death of the apostles. A complete change came over Christianity at that time. The so-called church fathers were nearly all Greeks. In fact, all the ones who have left us writings were of a Greek persuasion and a very philosophical persuasion, and they came up with ideas that were totally foreign to Jesus. Unfortunately, many in their Bible study and their church going have not fully distinguished between what comes from the Bible and what comes to us by way of tradition through the Greek church fathers of the early centuries. This is a major tragedy, 
It makes Bible reading exceedingly difficult, if not boring and incomprehensible. We must approach the Scriptures on the basis of their Hebrew foundation. And to do this, we must learn the Old Testament fully before we approach the New. It isn't sufficient just to say that Jesus is our Savior if we then fail to understand His teaching. Not only is He our Savior, He's our Lord and Rabbi, our Teacher. He's the one who originates the gospel message of salvation. It is Jesus who, according to Luke 19, came to save the lost. It's a considerable mistake to suppose that Jesus came only to die and to be buried and to be raised again. That is fundamentally false to our New Testament documents. He came to teach and introduce the way to salvation through his gospel message and all the teaching that went with that. What otherwise was Jesus doing for those three and a half years under much pressure and persecution from the religious establishment of his time he labored to train and teach a group of disciples and the last thing he ever said to them was that they were to take those very same teachings that he had given them and spread them to the far corners of the earth that great commission which is found in the 28th chapter of Matthew is binding on all disciples of Jesus until the end of the age when Jesus returns to establish the kingdom of God on earth. Those were not teachings just for Jews. No, they were teachings for Christians of all nations and all times. It's a huge mistake to imagine that the teachings of Jesus prior to his death are of little relevance to the Christian church. Exactly the opposite is true. The teachings of Christ form the Christian faith. It is not Paul who originated the gospel. Certainly the death and resurrection of Jesus were added to the gospel, but the gospel of the kingdom as Jesus preached it initiated the gospel message, and it remained the foundation of all gospel preaching throughout the New Testament period. This is a most basic and fundamental concept, and yet it needs to be stressed, because many seem to think today that the teachings of Jesus are of minimal value to the church. That is absolutely not true. It's extremely dangerous because the Apostle John in Second John, verses 7 to 9, says that we are to beware of anybody who comes to us and does not bring the teaching of Messiah. In addition to that, in Romans 10 and verse 17, Paul says that faith itself comes from Messiah's message. Faith, Paul said, comes by hearing and hearing from the message of Messiah. And in an earlier verse, about verse 14 of that same 10th chapter of Romans, Paul said, How can they believe in him whom they've not heard preaching? That's to say, how can one become a Christian if you haven't heard the message as Jesus preached it? In this case, relayed faithfully by the apostles. It's not that we're supposed just to believe things about Jesus. We are to believe Jesus. We're to believe what Jesus taught, to believe what Jesus believed. That's why in John 3.36, he who rejects Jesus is the one who doesn't have faith in Jesus. You either have faith in Jesus or you disobey him. According to John 3.36, faith and obedience are very closely linked throughout the New Testament times. It is for good reason that God gave us three accounts of the same teachings of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are overlapping reports of what Jesus taught 
And God was not wasting his time when he repeated himself three times and said on many occasions, This is my son, listen to him. No wonder then that Jesus in the parable of the sower raised his voice in Luke 8, verse 8, and said, Let him who has ears to hear, hear. That is to say, pay attention to my teaching, pay attention to the teaching of Jesus. This was the cry of Messiah whom we claim to love. And yet loving him cannot be divorced from giving ourselves wholeheartedly to obedience and adherence to his teachings. Every word of Jesus is precious. If you love me, he said, keep my commandments, keep my words, pay attention to what I said. We recommend then a thorough study of Matthew, Mark and Luke, especially in the light of its background, of their background in the Hebrew Bible. This will be the tonic that is needed to revive the churches. This will be the factor which will unite the fragmented church when we get together around the Scriptures, beginning with a solid base in the Hebrew Bible and going on then through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and only then developing our faith further through the book of Acts. And after that, James, Peter, John, and Jude, books which, by the way, should precede the letters of Paul, and they do, in the early manuscripts. It's only because of the Latin church that we happen to put Paul's letters first, and you will see why this is when you consider the fact that Romans was placed in a primary position, contrary to the order of the books in the original manuscripts. As our time runs out for today, we invite you to ponder some of these remarkable facts about our Bible and its Jewish roots. Join us again as we continue our discussion of Jesus' favorite topic, the kingdom of God.